Welcome to the Outer Rim News Podcast. December 28, 2017. It's the podcast after Christmas. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our Christmas hauls, but we're going to dive right back into our Star Wars The Last Jedi review. So this will be review episode two. The review strikes back. Eh, I don't know. I know that was corny. That was really, really corny. So let's get the introductions out of the way. Uh, I'm Ashley Wilbanks, and as always, with me from Savannah, Georgia, Austin Q. Gordy. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's a little late. Well, better late than ever. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Hey. Yeah. And Happy New Year. So, was Santa Claus was Santa Claus good to you this year? Oh, really good. Really, really good this year. Mm-hmm. So what'd you get? What'd you get? Well, um, I mean, I didn't get a whole lot. You know, I got a few little nerdy things here and there. I got me a uh, mm-hmm. DeLorean, got a Ghostbusters Ecto-1. Um, but the biggest thing is I got uh, the Millennium Falcon Lego set. Ooh. Yeah, and I got a Kylo Ren command shuttle. A Lego set? Yeah, the Lego set. Oh, so, that is sweet. Yeah, so I'm Maybe. super excited about that. And there's... Um, you know, just other few odds and ends, but for the most part, the uh, the Star Wars stuff was the big hit. And then I had a friend drop off a present today, and they got me, um, me and Candy, some matching. It's like huge, those big old coffee mugs, and it's got mm-hmm. silhouettes of Han and Leia on, you know, one Aww. and one on the other. And it's like Leia says, I love you, and then the other one says, I know. Oh, And I thought that, that was cool. awesome. Yeah, so that was cool. And then, and then he got me a, a T-shirt. With uh, it was like a Georgia Bulldogs T-shirt, but for whatever reason, he said it was some one of the seasons. It was like Star Wars themed, and mm-hmm. um, so it's a Georgia Bulldog T-shirt with Darth Vader and, and stormtroopers on the front. I, I bet it was a few years ago. They had a wide receiver named Chris Conley, uh-huh. who he's in the NFL now. I can't yep. remember what t- team he plays for, but he actually directed a, a Star Wars fan film. Fan film, yeah. And he, Todd Gurley was yeah. in it too. I remember that. No, oh, yeah. So I bet you it's, you know, something to do with that. Right. Which is awesome. So, yep. so yeah, I got, um, but yeah, that was the, the, I think the big, the big hit, especially the, the thing I really wanted was the Millennium Falcon and, and my, uh, fiance was able to pull through. So that makes, that's two years in a row that it's been a Millennium Falcon Christmas for me. So I think oh. that she should just keep that going. And so every Christmas I get some sort of Millennium Falcon. Yep. Next year is the uh, Lego UCS Millennium Falcon. Oh wow! Yeah, there we go. There we go. Or yeah. just you know, I'm, I, I, what I'll do is I'll introduce that first, so it'll be yeah. like, oh, here, here's a fifteen hundred dollar Lego set, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or two thousand dollar Lego set, and it'll be like, whoa, oh, is that too expensive? Okay, well, I'll settle for this Legacy Millennium Falcon. It's about four hundred yeah. bucks. Three hundred. Yeah, <laughs> three four hundred. Mint in box, yeah. and the box has to be sealed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it sounds like you had a pretty, uh, pretty good Christmas there. Oh yeah. Hmm. What about you? Yeah. Uh, I still got you. I got you something. Oh, you know what? I I just remembered one other thing I got that I thought was really cool. My mom of all people found a rare, I, I call it rare cause I've never seen it around, but, uh, she picked me up, she picked up Poe Dameron. That's not too rare, but it's a new one, uh, from, yeah the new line, but she found a Jaina Solo in stores, so I got a Jaina Solo Black Series figure. So I was oh, super excited about that. 
Six inch? Yeah, six inch. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't seen her anywhere on yeah, store shelves. It was in Swainsboro of all places, so I'm like, wow. Like but you know, that little town, they don't they don't know what they get half the time, so it's you know, you can find some gold there. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Well, like I said, I got you something. Ooh. Uh yeah, it's not much, but it's something. <laughs> and uh it's not much. Yeah. But, you know, I was just thinking about you, and, you know, w- one day I'll be able to give it to you. Maybe next Christmas, maybe. 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 We'll we'll, we'll make it around there sometime around then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. So, my Christmas was pretty decent, too. Um, <clears throat> you know, I didn't get a lot of Star Wars stuff, uh, but I got money, so that translates into Star Wars stuff. Uh, I got, uh, let's see... The the wife and the kids, they both bought, uh, I got the Funko Ewok 3-pack from Walmart and the Funko Empire Strikes Back 3-pack with Lobot, the Bespin Guard, and Ugnot. Um, So those are kind of cool. I got a C-3PO from The Last Jedi because I hadn't, for some reason, hadn't picked that up yet, the three and three-quarter inch figure. Uh, I got a Kylo Ren, uh, hero, is it a hero box or toy box, toy box figure? I think it's the, the new Disney, like they're about four or five inch tall figures. Mm -hmm. Um, so I got Kylo Ren in that. Then I got a little, uh, Boba Fett spin, some kind of new little bitty toy item that's at Walmart now. Um, but I got a Boba Fett, one of those, Boba Fett, one of those, and uh, I got some BB-8 toothpaste because, you know, I got to have my, my grill all white right? with the BB, <laughs> with the BB-8s. And then, of course, with some of the money, I bought, uh, at, well, I bought this, the Star Wars The Last Jedi Visual Dictionary, which is, whoa, we'll talk about that. That's a freaking awesome book. Um, but I also bought... Uh, uh, Luke Bespin figure from um, Empire Strikes Back, the vintage figure from 1980. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I've been that was my favorite, one of my favorite figures growing up. So <laughs> I finally got him again. Nice. And I got some various other uh, Return of the Jedi vintage figures and and a couple of Empire vintage figures. So waiting for those to come in in the mail. Um, and I will be one happy camper. But, uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, you know, good time with family and friends, stuff like that. So, and, and that's nothing to, to, you know, be sad. I mean, to be sad about because it was really for, it, it hadn't been happy the last couple of Christmases, but this one was pretty decent. So, yay. Right. That's good. Yeah. Mine's, it was a good Christmas. I mean, it was busy, but it was a, it was a good Christmas. And now I'm just dreading New Year because, the I'm having dental surgery tomorrow, so I'm like I'm probably going to be out. <laughs> I'm going to be out of it for the next, you know, probably week. Uh, so man, no knows. chips and dips for you, January. I mean, nope. December thirty first night. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, I take it you probably won't be counting down the the minutes t- <sighs> to the ball drop, huh? I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. Yeah, you have it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, tomorrow, Friday. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm just counting down the days till New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah, you probably won't be feel like 
you probably won't feel like eating hard food yet. You'll be, you know, milkshaking and oatmeal in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go get me a Frosty. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hmm. Yeah, I know how that is. Well, you know, let's let's get right back into the the Last Jedi review portion of the of the show. Um, I went to see it again yesterday with with my dad, and uh, dude, I tell you, this movie gets better and better with each viewing, and it feels like Star Wars. That you know, I think that first viewing is you really have to get over the initial like shock and awe of the stuff that you're seeing on screen, right? Because some of it doesn't feel like Star Wars. You know, certain parts don't don't feel like Star Wars. But after you see it, you get used to it. It's Star Wars. Because Star Wars is innovative if 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 it's not anything else, it's very innovative. I, I remember when Attack of the Clones came out and it was hard for me to wrap my mind around the nightlife of Coruscant. You know, it felt too, I don't want to say earthy, but it felt like, you know, here's a, here's a bar with dancers and, and gambling and sports. It didn't seem right for the star Wars universe, but now it's, you know, it's, it's par for the course. I mean, with star Wars. So like every new star Wars introduces something new, a new planet, new, new something. And well, except for the force awakens, I think it was just kind of a rehash not saying this is a bad movie. It's just, it didn't innovate like this movie did. Right. And I think people are having not just issues with the whole Luke Skywalker thing, but they're having issues with innovation in this star Wars movie and it being that, that different. And, and I don't think people, unless you watch it multiple times, I don't think you can, can wrap your head around it after just one viewing. Right. Right. They I mean, it took two. Um, it definitely took like two viewings for me to, to because I mean I think first I just had to the first time I had to shake off all the, all the you know the preconceived notions and what I wanted to see or you know just anything that you had made up in your mind you know I just had to shake that out, go back to it again with a fresh mind, and then especially if you you know if you're if you come into it especially if you come into it with a frame of mind like you're a new um fan to the series and let's say your first movie is the force awakens so that's your intro into the series you know and then when you're watching the last jedi you know because the last jedi has to function on its own like a uh, you know it's got to function in its own universe and anything that it references in regards to the past and things like that have got to be the past, even to a point where Luke is like just a, a segment of, you know, he's, he's a, a symbol of the past. You know, yeah. he's the last Jedi. You, so he's, you know, he's ancient. I hate to say it, but it's like, he is a piece of history, but the focus has to remain with all the, the new generation of characters. So you have to kind of think of how the story is going to relate to them and carry their story along. Not, not what's going to happen with Luke and Leia and all that, you know, they're part of the story, but their story has been told, you know, and that's something I've had to come into terms. I had to, you know, I had to come to terms with and, and look at it in that perspective and see what will benefit the, the overall story. So it's, so going into it again with, with a fresh outlook and, and kind of, you know, 
knowing what I'm what I'm getting with this universe or what I'm ex- you know what's to expect. It's like then I'm able to appreciate every little nuance and every little detail in the in the new story and how it all unfolds and you you just find a lot to love about it. Yeah. And and two, I think people are upset that that the focus is not entirely on Luke, but the, you know, but and Leia, but this is a this is a Star Wars. This is a new, like you said, it's a Star Wars for a new generation, mm-hmm. and it has to happen because we can't stay in the past forever, right? And I right. think the the biggest thing that that kind of told me that this is new Star Wars was today when I when I got this uh, visual dictionary. And I read the introduction, and, and the book's written by Pablo Hidalgo, you know, who Lucasfilm employee mm-hmm. and uh, keeper of of all Star Wars information. In the introduction, it here's how it describes a movie. It says, moviegoers have waited years to learn the further adventures of Rey, Finn, Poe, and Kylo. But the characters themselves are mere moments from the events that indelibly shaped them in the last film. So right there, he's saying this movie is about Ray, Finn, Poe, and Kylo. This is right. new Star Wars. This is not Luke. Yes, Luke's there to play a role. Leia's there to play a role. But their movies were four, five, and six. Right. Exactly. You know? So it, I, I don't. And you can't say, oh, I hate Lucasfilm for this, because that's just, it's part of it, man. Uh, they have to pass the torch at some point. Right. Um, and, and this is it. So I, I just, I don't know. It's selfish I, otherwise I, to think that, you know, yeah. you can, it's like, you know, because I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I had to do this too. You know, I, I, I know that I'm selfish when it comes to my Star Wars, you know, and I want mm-hmm. certain things out of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm, you know, because I'm focused on certain characters, like if I want Luke, Leia, and Han, you know, then, then, you know, there's always the expanded universe, and I'm sure we'll get plenty of stories, you know, especially after this trilogy's over, we'll probably get a lot of, of stories to fill in the gap, the 30-year gap. So we'll get a lot of great, you know, new adventures, and it could even come in, in a different form other than books could be you know it may it may not even be a comic series it could be a cartoon series for all we know like a new animated yep. series or something that will yep. tell those stories and and i'm sure those will come but yeah you you know these new movies they're new characters and i and to me and, and i love the fact that these are characters that i can follow and i actually care about and um and if you look at it i mean think about it like if we if we go back to the prequels and we're following you know the main characters are are obi-wan uh uh, Anakin, Anakin and Padme. So it's you know we're Insidious. we're following these characters throughout the three. Insidious, you know that he's mm-hmm. the he's the main villain. So it's mm-hmm. you know you're following throughout the whole trilogy there, and then the you know you only have you know vestiges of the of the original that old trilogy in the in the you know the original trilogy in four, five, and six because then you have Obi Wan who's in the first movie, but he's he's old and we don't know his full story yet. If you were just starting in that movie like we were before, so mm-hmm. and you know he he passes he already passes the torch pretty much, you know in the first movie, so you know it's different because we didn't know what what was gonna you know we never had one, two, and three to know what was gonna happen. So it's tougher with these movies because you have a you have a set of fans who 
love the stories and they love certain characters and they want more of those characters. But, you know, with, with this, this iteration of it, you know, Lucasfilm is like, we've got to bring in a new generation of characters because I mean, if we, I mean, I hate to say this, but face it, if we were following just three old people throughout the whole trilogy, you know, you're going to keep your, your core audience, like your core group of Star Wars fans, but that's not going to make as much money as if you were to, to, you know, kind of make it all inclusive for everybody. And especially the next generation that's going to be able to, to come up and, you know, then they can pass everything along to their children and then they'll get a new exactly. series, hopefully. So exactly. Well said, well said. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about something that I've, I've been listening to podcasts. I've been reading reviews online of the last Jedi. And I, I think that a lot of people are missing something here. When when they say that Finn and Rose's little sidetracked adventure was pointless, yeah, I, right? I don't understand that at all. And that's I hear that argument a lot. And I'm just not the kind of I'm not a combative person, and I'm just yeah, you know, your opinion's your opinion. But I've been seeing that a lot too, and I I don't agree. Yeah, and I I, I just want to say why I don't agree agree with that. I think it is it is super important to the story and maybe at face value, you don't see it, but really it is because the way that the movie shakes out is that, uh, Finn and Rose go on this little side quest to go get a slicer, right. To, so they can break into the first order ship to disable mm-hmm. this tracker. Right. that's tracking, uh, the, the Rattus. And, uh, so they go, to Cano Bite, find a tracker, not the tracker that they were wanting, but a tracker. And during the course of this, you'll hear while they're flying back through hyperspace, Poe's telling them what's going on on the Radis. Hey, you know, we're moments away from shipping off all our fleet, you know, uh, secretly to crate. So you better come back in, in a hurry. Well, the the crack slicer DJ played by Benicio del Tor Benicio del Toro right right mm-hmm. Benicio del Toro yeah. yeah yeah so he hears this and when they get captured ab- aboard the first order ship uh he doesn't want to get killed so he's going to turn on Finn and Rose with this information now had they never been in that situation. DJ would never have told the first order what was going to happen. And all the ships would have made it to crate and the Radis would have been destroyed. The first order thinking, Hey, we did it. We defeated the resistance and no, you wouldn't have. Cause you'd still have this big resistance, uh, team, this group of people to fight the first order. But as it happens, because of that failure, only one ship makes it to crate with only a handful of people, which is the point that Luke had to, had to intervene to start this new rebellion, right? With this handful of people. So I I think that people are missing the point that because of what they did, it, it, I mean, it might've seen silly to you, but because of what they did, you have this new rebellion now, right? You don't right. have this big group of people. You have this small, what they wanted to do at the end, have this small group of 
of rebels to to create an even larger something and luke had to spark all that all that to say is after watching it again i think this whole film is about failure i mean from every character every main character in the film experiences failure and learns from it even luke fails and learns from it he has to be <laughs> he has to be told by Yoda, hey, you know, this is what you're doing, but this is what you need to be doing, right? right. So if you if you go back and look at it, Poe failed. He failed because in the beginning, he tried to take down that dreadnought. He did successfully, but at the cost of what? Their whole bomber squadron and a handful of X-Wings and A-Wings that they could have used. And Leia, you know, slaps him and demotes him. Then he goes about taking over Haldo's command and sends Poe and Poe and uh I mean Finn and Rose on this little side mission. But ultimately he learns to be a better leader because of these failings in the film. Right? Right. Luke, of course, failed to teach Ray like he should have. But the biggest thing that Yoda was like was saying was pass on I mean your failings because that's the biggest way to learn. Like mm-hmm. right, so every time we fail, we learn from it, right? And we're and we're better because of it. And that's the point that Yoda was getting. Hey, we all fail, but we we have to learn from it and move forward. Um, I think that I hadn't figured out. I guess Ray's failing is her failure to her her, her failure in believing in in Kylo, right? Right. And ultimately, he's not redeemable, which I, I don't know that for a fact, because it's Star Wars. Everybody's supposed to be redeemable. But she failed in, in that, which her failure also served a purpose of killing off Snoke um, and, and to further Kylo's growth as a whatever he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Ultimately, the whole film was about failure and rede- and and starting anew after that failure. And you could see the resistance failed in what it needed to do. Now you have this rebellion that's about to grow and to be an unstoppable force to bring down the First Order. Right. Because, I mean, also you have to think, you know, I guess with the failure, you know, like you said, it, it comes with, with a spark. Um, I'm not really sure how the story would have went if, if all the ships had made it to crate and they were able to make a last stand and, and maybe Luke still shows up. Um, but I also feel like, you know, with, you know, with that, that spark is it look at, look at what happened before. I mean, the resistance was the resistance and the Republic was still there and nothing was being done about it. They knew the first order was here and they never did anything about it because the, you know, the Republic was trying not to start another, galactic civil war, you know? And, um, I think they kind of point that out in the new, there's a new book, uh, that came out with a movie called Cobalt Squadron. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, they touch on that briefly, but I mean, the Republic basically just doesn't want to want to start any kind of a major conflict. So it's like if, if, if one side's not making a huge jump, then the other is just going to basically play in a wait and see kind of game. So you're not really having much going on there. And then, 
you know, the resistance does strike a blow, but all it does is just awaken the beast, and then the First Order's there, and they're able to wipe everything out. Um, you know, the world's afraid, because, I mean, they are, because even though they destroyed the planet, the, the Starkiller base, you know, they were still able to wipe out the Republic. So then after that, and that's, I think, one thing they didn't completely show in the movie is that when that happened, the First Order was able to quickly just go from system to system and just start declaring their rule over the, you know, the planets. So it's yeah. pr- pretty much like the Empire all over again. They're already, you know, they, they hit the, they struck that, you know, decisive blow, you know, the, the divisive blow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, now all of a sudden the, the galaxy's in turmoil again. So, of course, nobody has hope anymore. So it's all about, you know, with this movie, it's there is failure, but there's also hope. And so you get that with, with Luke uh, being the spark. And now, you know, we're going to see, you know, not just people stand up now, but like they showed at the end of the movie, you're going to have that next generation that's going to stand up against, you know, oppression and against, yeah. you know, these these dark rulers. So that's that was really good. But I also enjoyed, you know, people, people just kind of wrote off the Rose and, and Finn storyline, but... You know, we have to also look at each character and how that character can progress, and you have to under, you have to find a story that can that can help that character, you know, be, become more. And mm-hmm. look at Finn. You know, Finn was looking for to be good and uh, do the right thing, but in the in Force Awakens, he's conflicted with that. It's like, what do I do? Like, how do I become brave enough to do the right thing? You know, I and and you know, even then, he wanted to just run away and be get rid of everything he didn't want to be a part of the resistance or anything like that he just he just wanted to be free from the first order mm-hmm. and so he's pulled back yeah. in and then with this movie you know he tries again he was going to th- run away he didn't want to have a yeah. part of it all he cared about was ray but this character you know he's also hurt by the first order so you have to find something for that character to learn and to to grow and be a better person and so this movie shows that yeah, it shows Finn basically getting a backbone, you know, and it took a character who had nothing but admiration, had that, that look, that spark in her eye to look at him differently and look at him as a hero. And he doesn't see himself that way, but she did. And she was also able to kind of show him, you know, the, the basically show him that, you know, where there's, where there may be a, uh, you know, lightness, there's also darkness. There's also, you know, she's showing him like the on the outside, Canobite's a beautiful place, but on the inside, it's grimy and dirty, and it's you know, yeah, scummy. So you know, she's she's teaching him as she goes as we go along, and we're also kind of getting an interesting character out of her because you know she lost her her family, her only family at the beginning of the movie. So it's mm-hmm. like she's having to pick her own self back up, but she wants to do what's right. But she, but it's not about seeking revenge, and that's another thing that I loved about Finn's character is that he's angry, and he's angry at the First Order. They, they, they took him, they stole him from a life that he, he could have had, and he never had. You know, as a kid, they took him, so mm-hmm. he wasn't able to grow up and be a child like everyone else. So in the end, it's like he wants revenge. You know, he's fighting to the death with Phasma, and then at the end, he's willing to sacrifice himself to destroy the First Order you know, and save the rebellion, kind of like what Poe was trying to do. But, you know, what I really, what I really liked about that was the fact that it took this, this character to show him. And, I, and that's why I love that, that line where it's, you know, it's not destroying 
what was it? It's not destroying the people we hate. It's saving the people we love. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and it kind of changes him and he, be, he becomes, it's almost like a, he's the, he's sort of like the Han Solo character. He's becoming the person who, who cares, you know, cause, cause Han in the first two movies, he was really about himself, but he becomes attached to this one person, you know, with Leia and, you know, and, and kind of looking after Luke, but he, you know, Leia was kind of what's keeping him there, you know, because, you know, is she into me? Is she, <laughs> what, yeah. what do you think? A princess and a guy like me, you know, and he's just gonna, he's, you know, and she gets into his heart. So by the third movie, he's finally standing up and becoming that, that general that, that, you know, he can be. So probably by the next movie, we're going to see that a lot with Finn and with Poe. We're going to see these people. It's probably going to be a big time jump, but we're going to see these people start to become the, the characters they should be. You know, Ray will be a more powerful Jedi or whatever we want to call her at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, those storylines had to happen. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe you can go back in hindsight and try to counter this, this story and go, well, I can come up with something better. And maybe you can, maybe you can, mm. but you know, to me, there's a reason that these people get a chance to make these movies and tell stories. It's because they're good at what they do. And, yeah. you know, I think Ryan Johnson did a good job of trying to, trying not to, you know, cause I'm sure that he was probably hyper aware of, 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 you know, trying, you know, making just basically a rehash of, of like Empire or something like that. That's what I'm sure everybody expected him to do. And he wanted to make it a point that he wanted to make an original Star Wars story and really try to do its own thing. And, and, even shake away some of the the sameness that was in the Force Awakens. So, yeah. you know, would that story people complain and say, "Oh, I didn't like that storyline; it was completely useless." Yeah, sure, I would have loved to have seen a two and a half hour movie of just Ray and Luke on Octo training and stuff. But you know, we've got to follow these other characters and see how they they grow. So, to yeah. me, the story was great. I loved the whole Canto Bite feel of it being, you know, the you know the kind of the scummy place that that's. You know, not it's not a good place to be in. You know, only on the surface does it look glamorous, and and mm-hmm. you also kind of see where you know you you have a mini spark. You know, you basically Rose kind of shows what you can do. You know, with with just a little bit of heart. You know, it wasn't about destroying Canto Bite. You know, she said she wanted to take a fist and plow right through Canto Bite, but in the end, basically she she set free what what she loved or what was what was important and let nature take its course. And they, you know, I, I just love stuff like that. I mean, you know, in, in the force, yeah. the betrayal and all that, I thought it was an interesting take. It's a good character that those kinds of parts are, are where you have the poet, the poetry, poetic beats of the, you know, some of the original trilogy, like with empire and, you know, Snoke dying kind of re- reminiscent of return of the Jedi, but it's kind of all throwing it at you at one time. And then, you know, making way for some real open, anything goes, third act yeah and 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 i think jj is gonna have like a super tough time very (laughs) very very (laughs) wrapping wrap quote unquote wrapping this one up uh especially with jj's habit you know he's such a fast-paced director he 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 likes to get to you know to the action of a story and make it just you know real fast-paced and and fun so it's going to be interesting to see how he takes everything that that was unloaded in the last Jedi and make that into a real fun third act. Mm. And, and since you were talking, you know, I think one of the biggest failings looking back on it of the force awakens now was that they didn't come right out and say, 
Although they, they did say, you know, the New Republic was destroyed, but you didn't get that feeling watching that movie. Yeah, you, you really know, you didn't. Said, oh. I feel like the impact wasn't quite there, or it was just such, it was handled in such a way where you, you didn't have time to process it. You really didn't understand the, the scope and the impact of what just happened. You know, yeah, yeah, because we blew up some not planets, only, but we weren't attached to any of them in the movie because we really didn't understand what they were, what they really were, unless you really paid attention or you read the, the books, you know, kind of leading yeah. up. I mean, you saw that one planet, Hosnian Hosn- Prime, get blown up, right. which was supposed to be like the capital of the New Republic. Mm-hmm. But what you what you didn't really get was the sense that it wasn't just Hosnian Prime; it was the whole Hosnian system. So right. every planet which was the core of the New Republic, where the New Republic's fleet of ships were, where the New Republic's army was, everything was destroyed and obliterated in an instant. You know, in an instant, it was just gone. And there was no no New Republic after that. Because every star system looked at that and said, holy crap, these guys are for real. They just destroyed the New Republic. And and as soon as that happened, uh, just reading through the the visual dictionary over here, as soon as that happened, the First Order started sending their military out to all of the systems and started taking over at that time, right? But we were just exposed to the events of Ray, Poe, and Finn in that movie, to The Force Awakens, but. At the time, I mean, as soon as the the system was blown up, it was like, it's time. We're taking over now. And according to the the Visual Dictionary, you know, the New Republic wasn't as strong as the Old Republic was. Right. There were still some some systems that were on the fence about their allegiance to the New Republic. And... They were already kind of leaning towards the First Order because of their military might. So you have some of those systems who just didn't care and pledge loyalty to the First Order. But then you had some of those systems where the First Order just went in and took it over. And now they simply just rule the galaxy. So in The Last Jedi, when they send out that signal, help, please, we're on crate, somebody respond. Nobody responds because they're freaking scared yep. of the first order. Yep, exactly. And you and you don't get that I, I think the Force Awakens did this one this movie a disservice because you don't get that understanding from the Force Awakens. Right? Yeah, and true, if yeah. may, and maybe if if JJ could have done something a little different, you know, storytelling wise with that, maybe it would have had more of an impact. Right. And, but, um, to me that that's a failure of the force awakens, not on the last Jedi. The last Jedi is just based on what happened after the force awakens, you know, um, some other interesting stuff. And I don't want to spoil this book for you, but, um, I was just reading through some Snoke stuff and, uh, uh, it, it says Snoke is not, a Sith, neither is Kylo Ren. You know, we kind of knew that already, right? Right. But but it kind of says that the you know it says the Sith were was destroyed by Luke when or by Vader when he threw the Emperor over the the balcony, and that ended the the Sith the uh, 
religion or whatever you want to call it forever. Right. So I wonder if maybe, I don't know that, you know, Boyle bringing balance to the force was a prophecy for that, for that time. I don't know, you know, because the whole Ray and Kylo thing kind of makes you scratch your head about the whole balance of the force kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know how that fits into to this new Star Wars uh, lore, so to speak. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know. I got. I'm scratching my head on that, and and and, and these are good questions. I mean, we have what two years to debate this stuff, which is just fun to do, right? I mean, as a Star Wars fan, you. Ha- what did we do between the force awakens and last Jedi? We talked about the force awakens and rogue one and rogue one, but we had fun doing it. And that's part, I guess that's part of the problem with people not liking the last Jedi because we had so long to speculate and the internet is here now where it wasn't 20 years ago. And people just had these big thoughts and dreams built up in their head is this is the way the last Jedi is going to go. And then it came and, it just totally blew everybody's mind because it wasn't anything like they thought. All right. And I, I even remember before the film came out, I even remember reading a, uh, an article where Ryan Johnson said that, you know, he had been looking online at what people were saying about how the film might go. And he said that he'd only seen like one or two people who actually had, or was even close to the storyline for the film. All right. You know? So, I mean, that, that should have told people there, hey, this this is not going to go the way you think. And right. Disney put that in the freaking marketing right. of the film. Exactly. You know, and it's you know, and um, that's another thing too is just you know, you know, I think one thing, uh, you know, this was kind of sad to me, and um, probably one of my few complaints of the Last Jedi was that uh-huh. I felt like we didn't get enough Chewy. Like, did you ever think about that? Yeah, yeah, but he, like, uh, or either that, or it was just because we're so used to him being. I mean, we, you know, he was in, he was the original trilogy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he was our love. You know, we we really uh, everybody adores Chewie, and uh, he was such a prominent figure in the last one because we got to see him and Han running around being Han and Chewie again. But with this movie, it's almost like he took a break a little bit. I mean, he he has some key moments in the movie, but for the most part, he's kind of just just chilled out, you know, kind of keeping a watch on the Falcon while everything else is going on, you know. But I do love his scene where he, you know, he had to kind of talk some sense into Luke, (laughs) or try to at least. Yeah. Oh, well, I I like the scene where he comes to save the day on on crate. Oh, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's like, you know, he's, he's pretty much just all, you know, he's, he's kept limited to the Falcon for the most part. And then, you know, the, we get a lot of, of time without him. And then, you know, him at the very end, of course he comes in and he's doing great. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, he just didn't have like anything really going on there, you know, besides just being like a, you know, kind of like a, the straight man to the porg or, you know, working <laughs> yeah. on the Falcon. So it's, it's great. Yeah. But I'll tell you, that's another thing too, is I love how well balanced the porg were in this movie. Like, you know, people, cause even me, I was worried. I'm like with, with the, with the marketing they were doing with the porg. I'm like, I wonder if they're going to be just too much. Like, we're just not going to, we're going to wish they weren't in the movie, but they were mm. really well done. Like they were really well, um, handled, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I noticed that in the, in the third viewing, uh, the audience, and I'm surprised that, you know, obviously I could see by some of the reactions to people in the audience that this was their first time watching the film. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 know, I know some of them were hardcore fans because there's this one lady sitting in front of me. Every time Luke would get on the screen, she'd like raise her fist in the air a little bit, like pumping it, like, woo, yeah. kind of. And, and, um, and then I saw her, you know, wipe her, her face when Luke died. Of course, I was doing the same thing, man. It, it gets to me even worse every time I watch the movie. Um, cause you have better understanding of, of what's going on. And, uh, but there was clapping at the end of the movie that I didn't hear the first two times I went. Um, the theater was almost packed. Um, and all the pork stuff got big laughs. Everything, you know, on crate when the porg is getting thrown around in the cockpit, you know, laugh after laugh. Um, when he's sitting, when Chewie growls and the porgs on the dashboard of the Millennium Falcon and he does his little chirping, mm-hmm. people laughed. Um, oh, yeah. they, I mean, even the, at the beginning, the, the one thing that I didn't like was the whole General Hux joke, you know, with Poe calling him. I, I didn't care for and still don't really. Um, that got some laughs. So, uh, the one thing that didn't get laughs that I thought might was, was your initial view of Luke and he throws the lightsaber over his shoulder. Nobody laughed at that. I was like, huh? Interesting. It's just, it's just interesting to hear audiences, you know, just different audiences and how they react to, to the film. Uh, uh, I do have, I did find something that I, I want to criticize a little bit and that's the acting in one scene in particular with Ray, um, Daisy Ridley. It's, she's looking up at the kind of, she's kind of like given backstory to Luke. Like I, I can't remember the exact dialogue, but it would dude, it was so wooden and so forced, it brought back memories of Hayden Christensen <laughs> in, in, in Attack of the Clones. I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe she's she's saying it like this. I mean, it was just like no tone. It was all the same tones, what it was. Right. Master Skywalker is like, Master Skywalker, uh, Le- Leia wants to know what we're going to do about the First Order. And she's come to bring me, wants me to come bring you back. And, and it's like, what the crap am I listening to? And I, I was just, it re- that really bugged me. And, and I, you know, the more I watch it, the less critique, the less problems I have with the film. But that one is still one that really just really irks me to no end. Um, and I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, one thing we hadn't talked about was it is the new a- aliens that we see like on Canto Bright. Um, it, it, you know, it's hard to get a look at every single alien in in that place and it will take multiple, multiple, multiple viewings to see all of them. I mean, even now when you watch Return of the Jedi, occasionally, you know, every now and then I might see something I've never seen before. Like, oh my God, you see that guy, that weird looking alien in between those two in the very back corner, you know, something that you never see. So I know it's going to take many viewings of of this movie to catch all the aliens, but there's some really cool aliens in there, and there's some really not so cool aliens in there. Um, what what's your opinion on on the aliens of this film? 
in Candid um, I feel like, I mean, for me, the, um, you know, I liked everything on Octo. I wish we had gotten to learn some more about the caretakers there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Porgs, of course, were cute. But I feel like on Canto Bite, I mean, my thing is, is I, I, I don't feel like we were able to really focus enough on, on any of the aliens to really get an idea. I don't know. I feel like Force Awakens may have did a, like a, maybe, maybe had did a better job of, of kind of giving you some, some, you know, some cool aliens to look at and at least kind of admire, you know, from a distance. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like with this one, it's just so fast paced. There's so much, so much you have to take in that you don't get enough aliens. But mm-hmm. I feel like what they did was getting like on Canto Bite, I thought there were a lot of good looking, you know, animatronics and things like that. The, uh, the CG alien that was, that thought BBA was a, you know, a slot machine or whatever. I mean, that was cute, but. <laughs> you know, it was whatever. I love the Vulptex, you know, the the crystal foxes or whatever you want to call them. Oh yeah, yeah. I really dig those. Mm-hmm. They look they looked really well. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I just feel like maybe the the last movie had some more interesting aliens because of the fact that you kind of got to focus on them a little bit more. They, yeah. they, I guess they felt like they were they were way more part of your environment because you got to see like a lot of the alien life and. You know, stuff or the, you know, all the different aliens on Jakku, and then you got to do uh, Maz's castle and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I'm still sad that we don't have more, more or, or original trilogy or prequel trilogy aliens in this sequel trilogy so far. Right. You know, we have Sulston in, in Nine Numb. He's, yeah, he's there. And, and like you had, bar, your, you know. yeah, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, as far as I can tell, you know, there's no Rodians. There's no, uh, God, Greedo. Like there's really no the only Gorians. One. There's no Ishitib. Yeah. There's no uh, Hammerheads, Momile, Nato, or whatever. Right. Um, like you don't. Yeah. You don't, we we still haven't even gotten Bothans yet in in the series, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though they've been mentioned, we haven't yeah. even seen any of those yet. Yep. So no, no Ewoks. I really want to see a random Ewok somewhere. Yeah, me too. That would be so cool. <laughs> just to- <laughs> me too. Uh, what, what if, you know, they, they've like, uh, learned to talk and stuff like that in, in the past 30 years. One of them's like a bounty hunter. Oh, oh that'd be so cool. That, that would be pretty cool. Or like a, a one that thinks he's a good bounty hunter, but he really <laughs> has, can't catch anybody. Oh gosh, it'd be the next Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh. All right, so we probably need to start wrapping it up here because we've been we've been at it for a good little while. Um, what did you you know? I know one thing I was going to ask you. I, I'm not sure. Okay. Did we talk about uh, Phasma. Yeah, we we did a little bit. We did a little bit last week. Um, I feel like, and, for whatever reason, I feel like we, if I remember correctly, we didn't get to really talk about her too much. And that's one of my, you know, of course, that was my favorite character going into The Force okay, Awakens. We'll, and, we'll, we'll go into it. Yeah, go into it. I mean, we still got a, a few more minutes. Right. So. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, what did you think of her? Like, because I, I thought she was, like, in this movie, of course, she didn't come in until later. And it was weird because I didn't even think about her while I'm on my first viewing. I'm sitting there thinking because there's so much going on and you're getting so into the story that by yeah, the time she shows up, I'm like... I'm just a schoolboy. Like, I'm just so happy. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's what's been missing. 
<laughs> yeah, really. So really. Like, I think her her parts were really good, but I really enjoyed the the fight between her and Finn. Yeah, I th- you know I th- I think they're treating her like Boba Fett from the original trilogy, right? You hardly ever see him, right? But he's the but, cool he's the cool character that right. gets like five minutes of screen time throughout the whole trilogy. Right, right. But but I think with this movie, too, it just felt like, because I, I definitely see the Boba Fett comparison, but I also feel like with this movie, it was it was Ryan Johnson apologizing for her inactivity in the last movie. It's like, we got, we're going to put her somewhere. Like, she's going to tangle with Finn, I promise. <laughs> Even if yeah. we just bring her in at the end and let her, and let him, you know, hash it out, you know, let him duke it yeah. out. Yeah, I can see that. I don't think she's dead. I don't either. I mean, if, if. If you read the books like we do, and you read the Phasma book, uh, she she is a survivor. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think just that fall I don't think would have killed her. I, I I mean I I totally believe we'll see her again in the next movie. Just my thoughts, right? Just my thoughts. Um, but no, uh, yeah. You know, I hope I, I, maybe she gets if she is alive. Maybe she gets more screen time next movie. But the more I think about it, you know, I think there's going to be this little thing between Hux and Kylo Ren, uh, 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 over who's really leading the First Order. And I think you you'll try to maybe in the next film you might see Kylo fighting on two different fronts, fighting the the rebellion and fighting the First Order. Because I think at some point in that movie, Hux is gonna try to take control. Because he's still he's he's that kind of kind of a guy, right? You know? So uh, I, and Snoke saying, you know, I think Kylo probably listened to Snoke a little bit when Snoke was talking about that's why he keeps you know Hux around, even though he's you know despicable and kind of. I don't. I don't want to say untrustworthy, but you know, he's a good guy to lead an army for you. Right. So I don't know. Well, um, let's wrap it up for this for this week's episode of the Outer Rim News podcast. And uh, so, if you want to uh, play with us in between episodes. You can find us at our official website, OuterRimNews.com, where you'll get the latest and greatest Star Wars news around. You you get movie news, TV news, comic book news, toy news, any anything Star Wars related, you're going to see it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at OuterRimNews, um, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OuterRimNews, and you can find us on Instagram at... Uh, out of rim news. Oh, and also uh, just remember that the podcast isn't endorsed or supported by Disney and Lucasfilm. It's all for entertainment purposes. It's all the names and sounds, they're all copyright and registered trademarks of Disney and all their respective copyright holders. All righty, Austin, any final thoughts before we head on for another week? Uh, I guess the main thing I want people to do is just keep going to see the movie because I wanted to make more and more money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the last estimate I read is that it will cross the billion dollar mark this weekend. Yeah, it'll probably cross that. I, I heard that they're they're expecting it to do you know, top out at like one point six. Yeah, yeah. Um, in your travels for the week, 
If you do have Netflix, check out the Toys That Made Us documentary series. Uh, the first episode is all about Star Wars, and it is totally freaking awesome. Have you seen it, Austin? Um, no. You do. You while you're down with your teeth, pop Netflix on the Toys That Made Us. It's all about you know how Kenner got the license, and it goes into modern day figures. It is awesome. Great, great, great documentary. Lasts about 50-something minutes. Wow. Check you, it out, people. You need, yeah, check it out. All righty. So this is going to do it for this week. May the Force be with you. Peace. Peace.